0: Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again by a good friend of the show, uh, Bitcoin Drew. What's up, Bitcoin Drew?
1: I thought I was going to be a uh, Christian Drew or Saint <laughs> Drew for this episode. No, we haven't established it yet. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, so you you reached out um, since our last episode, and you said that you would like to try to. A little thought experiment of an episode where i am an egg ag- i am someone who is agnostic to religious pursuits and you are going to try to evangelize me towards which
1: belief exactly <laughs> oh i didn't i didn't know that that was actually the context is that a direct quote i think that's i mean i was on. gonna evangelize you and that you were playing some <laughs> hypothetical character yeah. Hold on, you said... Yeah, Wait, I think that I was have, the wait hold on, hold on. I have questions prepared. Okay. Um, well, so, the you first, said... so the first okay. question is, uh, why do you hate God? And then the second question is, what did Jesus ever do to you? <laughs> well, I mean... So I think that should kick off the conversation <laughs> as like really good starting points where you are not in a corner... And yeah, that feels very uh, in good
0: faith. Yeah, that sounds like a very good faith conversation, a very good, good uh, starting place for us both. No, but you you text me and you said, hey, we should do an episode where you're agnostic and I try to convert convert me. You weren't specific to like which religion. So I'm just going to assume you're talking about neo-Protestant Buddhism uh, is what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: um. Well, there is a book by a Catholic priest called. Uh, I wouldn't be a Christian without Buddha or something. Hmm, that's interesting. It. it was a few years ago. Um, no, I thought I thought we were going to go the other direction. I thought we were going to start with your skepticism. Oh, are we? Yeah. What's your skepticism? What are you skeptical <laughs> about? I thought I thought you were going to tell me how I was wrong. Uh,
0: well, we seem to have our our signals crossed here. Um, I was under the assumption you were just going to uh, present your arguments, and I would refute them playing the devil's advocate, as it were.
1: Oh, well, I can give you those, if that's yeah, the way you want to go.
0: Let's do that. Let's let's pretend I am, uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes of the podcast, I am a truly agnostic, objective actor in the universe, and I have no persuasion one way or another towards any religious pursuits. Drew, uh, Bitcoin Drew, I guess in this, Evangelist Drew, uh, please present your, uh, arguments.
1: Um, <laughs> is, is the reason why you're, you're hypothetical on this because your mom subscribes to, this, to the podcast, or... No, not at all. I mean, it's not <laughs> hypothetical. It's I'm just I mean, teasing. I, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no. gonna rat you out all the way. Trust me. Way, trust know, me. San I know Bernadino. for a fact
0: my mom does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh well, she should. She should. I she, don't think she. She heard my voice uh, spouting off nonsense for you know 18 plus years of my life. I'm sure she doesn't want to hear any more of it uh, now that she doesn't have to.
1: Um, I've I've my I've made my parents listen to, I've, at least one of our podcasts that we've done. Oh, okay. Um, I think the Bitcoin one. I'm not sure. All right. So <laughs> back back to the God arguments. Um, okay. Since this is a uh, a more open podcast conversation. Sure. Um, all I mean, all of this is in the context of philosophy, but um, of course. Uh, I think there are less uh, less rules and more more room for open discussion on the topic in terms of, um, what counts as evidence and what doesn't, or what counts as a, an interesting argument and what, or what doesn't. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to give, if I were to give, if I was to give, if I were to give, if I were to give a, uh, a couple bullet points in terms of what's interesting to me in terms of why people would believe in God or why people would be religious, um, which I think are two different questions, right? Um True, true. I would from a philosophical point of view, I would I would put forth the cosmological argument uh which which we That's can outline and then I would also um I I'm I I'm made a decent fan of some variant of Pascal's wager which does not make me cool in any intellectual circles um, but I can <laughs> clarify opposite, that actually <laughs> yeah and I and and I can clarify that um, sure and then I think and then and then a, for a more typical evangelical Christian sort of point of view which I don't consider myself evangelical at all mm-hmm. but it's similar uh, more of just like a faith argument that doesn't. That um, doesn't have any real grounds philosophically, or may- maybe logically, okay. but more experiential. Okay. But are you, fam- okay. are you familiar with the cosmological argument?
0: Uh, the one that you were about to make? No, I- I'm not familiar. Uh, maybe I might be as you start to talk about it. But hit me with it. We can so, start there.
1: So in the, in the in the simplest of all terms, um okay. it's you've already heard it. And you probably made it before when you were 19 years old and you were at APU and you were walking around with your vans with no socks on and your cutoffs, Mm -hmm. uh, with Mm -hmm. your backpack strapped up real tight and a Mm -hmm. good seven seconds patch, right? Like you always had to have like a seven seconds patch on your, uh, on your pants. Like the guy from, uh, from ceremony, whatever that guy's name was, Doug, um, I don't know what his name was. Or anyway. the
0: uh, or the uh, the minor threat, uh, the minor threat logo. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like the sheep,
1: the sheep. Yeah, because um, we were out of step with the world. But anyway, um, <laughs> so so in in the most basic terms, the cosmological argument is basically saying why is there something rather than nothing. Okay. Um, but which, which anybody has definitely made. Any church-going person has probably made that argument. But they probably don't mm-hmm. understand all the details in terms of a detailed version of that argument. Um, and it's not even that detailed. But the way that William Lane Craig would phrase it, and mm-hmm. people might roll their eyes at him. Um, but he's pretty good at certain types of philosophy. He's really bad at. Um, biblical studies, and I don't agree with mm. his theology, but he's pretty good at certain types of philosophy. Do you know who William Lane Craig is? I've heard the name. Uh, he's like the hero of Biola, um, which means okay. he is even more conservative than the circles we grew up in. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he espouses some variant of the cosmological argument that says something like um, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Um, mm-hmm. And basically what follows from that is that if something doesn't have a cause, then it doesn't begin to exist, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So it doesn't exist. Anything that exists has to have a cause because it began to exist. Um, Well, as far as we can tell. Right, right. And so uh, because we know that the universe has a beginning, um, then it also must have a cause. And essentially that cause couldn't be something that operates according to the normal laws of nature otherwise it would also need to have a cause right, right. Um, the the typical response to that is that um, you know who caused God um, right but but that basically evades the entire question altogether because it doesn't offer an answer to the question. It basically just says, oh, well, who caused God? But the whole point of the argument is the fact that if there was a beginning to the universe, which we seem to know that there was, right, if if science leads us mm-hmm. to the Big Bang, um, which for the record, the Big Bang was first first formalized by a Catholic priest. Did you mm-hmm. know that? I did not know that. George Lemaitre, um, 19... 82. 16? No, no, no. This was 100 years ago. Uh, so 100 years ago, he you mean actually he wasn't was...
0: watching uh, Miami Vice and he was like, wait a second, I've got it.
1: Yeah, he's like, I got it. Well, he did a bunch of blow and then he was like, whoa, yeah. that's a big bang. That is a huge bang. Um, he left his
0: job at Enron and went to go study to become a Catholic priest. Absolutely.
1: He was like, dang, I was wrong about lying. Um, apparently, we shouldn't pump the books. Yeah.
0: Here, you can keep
1: the miata. As <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: as he, love Miatas, as he by takes off way. his uh, as he takes off his pinstripe suit and like walks down the street naked and he just, you know, it just accepts his call to the the monastic existence.
1: Exactly. He was like done with the blow, he was done with the Ferrari convertible, he was done with lying about the books and cheating mm-hmm. people. And then he became a priest and he invented a uh you know a time machine and went back to nineteen sixteen fourteen 14 whatever year it was anyway he was he was a catholic priest and professor at the school i went to in belgium it was like a statue of him Mm -hmm. in front of the school um and ironically at the time um the scientific community generally accepted something like an infinite universe there was no beginning it went infinitely back Mm -hmm. in time Um, And when a Catholic priest comes forward and says, like, hey, there was a beginning, um, because we know the universe is expanding, they call it the Hubble Constant, but he actually Mm -hmm. discovered it, and they've actually changed the name of it um, to, like, the La Maitre Hubble Constant or something, because he actually found it it first and published a paper on it, Um, but because he didn't speak English, um, obviously he didn't matter. But anyway... Um, they've, recently cha- they've recently changed the name of it And at the time the scientific community Was actually quite abrasive to his idea um, Because they thought Because the Catholic Church latched onto it They're like oh wow There's mm-hmm. science that says there was a beginning to the universe At some definite point in time And then everything expanded And now ironically it, yeah. it's flipped Where if you're American and you grew up in the evangelical church If you believe in the Big Bang Then you're probably going to hell Right Well All I right, think what do that's, you
0: got? Well I think in my immediate response to that particular uh, part right there is, I think that's where a lot of criticism with sort of uh, religious explanations for the universe kind of catch a lot of flack. Is that it's sort of this whole idea of God of the gaps, and just because that there's um, just because there's an idea or a theory about the universe that points to something that's unexplained, um, religion takes that opportunity to insert God there In- instead of taking scientific approaches to say there, you know. There could be something there we don't know what it is and even even if there is there even if we think there's something there there could not be something there we're just uh we remain agnostic on that on that front um no pun intended the um, agnostic
1: front yep yeah. so, i've seen um, agnostic front have you seen agnostic front um no i, I, saw, I him saw them with gorilla biscuits uh in 2009 and Where, where'd they play with gorilla biscuits like chain reaction or something at lisk fest do you okay. remember this this was an Irvine yeah. set your goals played um yeah. all, all my friends bailed probably you did too all the hardcore kids bailed and I went by myself <laughs> and uh you know had my backpack my camel back there so um I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up the god of the gaps because um the god of the gaps is like the bane of my existence and mm-hmm. also no pun intended bane but um the uh uh in, in this sense, it's not because it's it's not the God of the gaps because it's uh, it actually is saying that God is uh, is the answer to everything. It's he's not being inserted into gaps in knowledge. Um, and then it's actually the uh, from a from a logical perspective being the only logical answer. Whereas from if, if we were going to be if you're going to take a, an approach of like scientism and right. say that oh we're agnostic about this. Um what's being expressed is something like a faith that si- that science is going to answer the question even though it can't answer the question or d- or it hasn't answered the question, which actually takes a very similar approach to god of the gaps. Like I would say that that is actually god of the gaps as opposed to saying like here is a logical answer to the question. Um, and I would probably say that logic would lead us to the fact that science couldn't answer that question because the question is what existed before anything physical and all science does is invest physical, investigate physical things. Um, so I'm not even sure the methods would make any sense. Like, what do you weigh? What do you measure? Uh, especially when it's back in time like that. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the, the, uh, like the God of the gaps is like. a a huge problem within Christian circles, especially evangelical circles. It's not a big problem in, in the Catholic church. I don't think, um, I'm not Catholic, but I usually divert a lot of philosophical, especially (laughs) philosophy of religion stuff to the Catholic church.
0: Well, they've been studying it forever.
1: I mean, there's a book on everything. Um, yeah. So I guess I agree with it, but yeah. So I guess my, my
0: objection to that idea is that like, Um, if something is... So science, the the scientific method is the best method that we have um, as human beings to understand things uh, at the most empirical level that are happening in our universe, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the only way that we can um, transcend our own biases with with, uh, things that we observe. It's the only thing that... It's the only way that we can compare results and make sure that we're all looking at the same thing and that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So... I guess the, the scientific perspective or the agnostic perspective about things that, are, that science can't answer, um, uh, I, I think the response would be, if something, if something exists or if there's a phenomena that we can't um, observe or, or classify or, or work our way to logically with science, then how do we even know we're really experiencing it, I think is the question. Um because if 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 the, the experience is not communicable between other conscious beings, then how are we even sure that we're having that experience? You know? And if um, if, if we're not sure that we're having that experience, then what is the the benefit of exploring said experience or, or, or believing in said experience, that type of thing?
1: So I think the I think you're talking about something different because you're talking about experience as opposed to where where logic might leave us uh, or lead us. So, so well, even for the-
0: even 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 a logical reduction of something or a logical conclusion of something like um, the reason why science there's certain so let's just take the big bang for an example using the principles of science and deduction and mathematics and astrophysics and all that kind of stuff we have deduced that there is an witchcraft, origin po- comedy, yeah, Witchcraft,
1: comedy witchcraft all of that music
0: <laughs> we've deduced that there is a there is an origin point of the known universe and uh-huh. be, and before that uh uh you know there are theories about how the the state of the universe before that origin point um The reason why we don't why science doesn't encourage us to make wild claims about anything beyond that that we hold is concrete is because if you know i could say oh before the big bang there was a a being in the sky that was playing pool and it hit the pool cue in the right way and it birthed our universe like i could say that but it it scientifically it does no benefit to us as a as a species to make those kinds of claims because there's no way for us to, uh, have a communicable, uh, experience of the, the, the processes that it takes to arrive at that particular conclusion. You know what I mean? Only I can make that conclusion as a conscious being on my own. Like there's no process that is objective of my own biases and my own experience that says, oh no, I also have deduced that it was a guy playing pool and he hit the pool ball the right way. Do you see what I'm saying? That that's what science is there for so that we can we can all say, "Oh yes, I've run said experiments and I've also found the same conclusion." If we can't come to the same conclusion, then there's no point in really holding on to that conclusion because it, it, you know, at that point anything becomes uh uh you know, you, you anything becomes, you know, you can give merit to anything as a theory or uh, something to hold on to and then everything
1: becomes meaningless all right we need to we need to land this uh so we make sure we're talking about um this we're on the same footing we're talking about the same things yeah, um for sure so in just as like a disclaimer, not to you and this is like like just to your listeners in general and also yep. not remotely as like a uh a a big league kind of comment because if if this was a big league comment, then I would be um forsaking logic uh because this isn't this isn't a credential thing the only thing that i I want to put as a disclaimer is that um both my master's theses were on science and religion um Mm -hmm. like very specifically and so this is like uh this is the the thing that i probably was most interested in for many years and probably not as much anymore uh the only reason that i say that um is because i'm going to rattle off some things right now And this is just, these are just, this is just to try to land the conversation. So in, in philosophy of science, there's something called falsifiability and there's something called verifiability. Um, so the idea that, and I think this is what you're talking about, but this idea that if you have some kind of idea, um, or some kind of concept, uh, it either needs to be verifiable, but more hardcore, it's falsifiable. The idea that it could ever be proven wrong, um, makes it something that's like, Uh, It's worth putting forth, Mm -hmm. Um, which which may or may not be the case, um, because pretty much anything we believe, like the idea that we shouldn't kill people is not falsifiable. Um, And so there's something called uh, we talk about as like properly religious beliefs. Um, the kinds of religious beliefs that aren't investigatable by science are like properly religious. Um, otherwise are, they're pseudo scientific.
0: Now, to, to just to clarify language, is mm-hmm. there, in, in what you're talking about, is there a difference between religious belief and, um, facts about the existence or facts about the universe that religion puts forth? Like I think there's a distinction there to be made.
1: Right. So, and that's, and that's where the cosmological argument gets like kind of blurry and okay. uh we we'll, we'll, uh, let's come back to that one second so so okay. pope pope john paul i think in i think it was 1996 um i know john with... paul but he's not he's not the pope okay he plays cello
0: um, he's a good guy
1: oh okay i thought you were talking about sean paul um i don't know sean paul that'd be <laughs> sick though um so he came out with this like uh i'm not very good at catholic terminology so let's call it an encyclical or a papal bowl or a proclamation amendment. We'll call it an amendment. I have no idea what it's called, but it was called <laughs> "truth." Truth cannot contradict truth. Um, and basically, what it was was an affirmation of science, and it was a uh, sort of rejection of weird, bizarre American evangelical problems with science. Um, clearly, this I, studied, uh, clearly, this
0: guy hadn't studied. Clearly, this guy hadn't studied. What do you call it? Uh, quantum physics before. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. So what he said was, what he said was that, um, basically that science is, um, objectively verifiable, um, mm-hmm. or falsifiable and the Bible is not, um, right. because the Bible concerns in, this is also like a quote, um, within Catholic circles is that the Bible tells you how to get to heaven, not how the heavens go. Um, and so what he says right. is that if, if if we think there's a situation where the Bible and science contradict each other, it can't be the case because God is the author of the earth and he's the author of the Bible, like figuratively. Um, mm-hmm. And so what he says is that basically we must be reading the Bible wrong. Hmm. Why? Because the Bible is open to interpretation, um, but yeah. science is not. And then... Um I tried to scribble was, some notes. So was so that was that a was that a, popular, thing I was, say, was
0: that a popular decree that he made? It doesn't sound like it would be.
1: Uh probably is. I mean, the Catholic Church has accepted evolution for 80 years and taught it in their schools and they've accept they came up with the big bang 100 years ago. It's more of an evangelical American persuasion to think that science and religion are at odds. And I would put that forward that I think we should talk about science and religion, but I would say that they're not at odds at all. Um, and I would think that most of the philosophical community would say the same thing. Um, it's only like Mm -hmm. pseudo philosophers, like, um, Richard Dawkins or Sam Harris that like to put that forward because they're like basically trying to make money off of antagonizing evangelical Christians that don't know anything. Well,
0: I would say, I would say Richard Dawkins, maybe, uh. He thinks aliens
1: brought us here, by the way, in terms, (laughs) in terms of you want to talk about like Occam's razor, like simplest conclusion. He didn't, he doesn't want to believe that God created anything, but he's happy to accept that aliens brought us here, which is a direct interview, which is a direct interview. there's, There's some evidence that life on earth came from
0: elsewhere in the universe.
1: Well, yeah, but all that does is introduce what's called like the infinite regress in the cosmological Mm -hmm. argument. Okay, so Mm -hmm. aliens brought us here. And then what? Different aliens brought them there? Basically, they just don't want God to ever be the answer. It's just that, oh, something, some other aliens did it. Somebody else was also evolved. But it never answers anything about some type of origin. It's always something else. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, I I get that. You get your Uh, five minutes.
0: (laughs) You named named Richard Dawkins. Who was the other person that you named?
1: Uh, Sam Harris.
0: Yeah, I think Sam Harris uh, would would argue more that... uh, uh, religion is fundamentally at odds with, um, with, with morality than it is with science,
1: which think is that's, why I that's didn't include Christopher what his Hitchens because that's all he does. That's all Christopher Hitchens well did. Um, right. Uh, which, by the way, you know his brother's a big Christian and his brother's still alive, so I guess he won the argument, right? I mean, that's
0: a, that's a pretty morbid way to look at it. It's a joke.
1: It's a joke. <laughs> I hope your listeners laugh. That's a joke. But did you know that? Did you know that his brother is like, like they've had public de- or they did have public debates. His brother's I didn't like, know a, that. yeah, his brother's huh. like, I think his brother was an atheist also. Mm-hmm. Um, but his brother is a very serious Christian and also politician, I think, in the UK. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I would say that Sam Harris um, definitely is more concerned with the moral parts of it. Um, but he does have a little bit of the Richard Dawkins leaning where he tries to throw science in there, too. Of course. Yeah. In, in terms of the fact that Um, he thinks that science can justify morality and then he thinks he can, he thinks he can condemn more religion on moral grounds. Mm -hmm. Um, but what grounds does he get his morality from that he can condemn? Well, that's a question.
0: That's a question that I think we can, we can, we can pick apart, uh, for, for a few minutes. Um, so the question is, you know, um, someone like Sam Harris would reject religion on moral grounds but then I guess the question, and I've heard uh, Ben Shapiro ask this question before, Um, well then where, on what grounds do you form morality um, through science and things like that? And I think I lean more towards the Sam Harris camp because I think he would say that morality arises out uh, out of sort of instincts that are innate to conscious creatures. Um, we have an intuition that, uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a process. It's a long process of, of evol like sort of, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, um, oh man, like, um, biological sort of, I think, I can't think of the, uh, the discipline right now, but there's evolutionary biology is what I'm thinking of, I think, um, where we have imperatives that are baked into our DNA, uh, as conscious creatures and as conscious creatures, we have the ability to, to empathize. And we have the ability to want other beings that are also conscious, uh, you know, wherever they fall on that, that spectrum of conscious experience. We, we have a compulsion to want, um, because we have a compulsion to want our own conscious exp- experience to flourish. Um, the natural extension of that uh, or maybe not natural, but the extension that arises out of that is imagining ourselves, is empathy, is imagining ourselves, imagine our own conscious experience in the experience of other conscious beings and also by extension wanting those conscious experiences to flourish as we want ours it begins with us and then you know it extends typically to our, our children and our immediate family and then you know with work and 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 all of that kind of stuff it can go beyond that to our neighbors and then to the city and to the country and then to the world uh hopefully and that and that's you know we've had to learn that as a species and develop that over millions and millions of years um uh, or hundreds of thousands of years. I don't know how long humans have been on Earth. I'm not that kind of scientist, but a bajillion,
1: <laughs> a bajillion, or, or a buttload of years. One of right. those and two. So I'm I not that... sure. It's it's up so, for right.
0: debate. So I think that's the argument that someone like Sam Harris, uh, who's like a, 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 you know, a moral humanist, I guess if that's the if that's the term. Um, morality arises out of our ability to empathize with other conscious beings.
1: Um, yeah. So what do, I, what do you say? To I that? like I like that Sam Harris talks slowly and he takes his time because I think I do that too, but mm-hmm. I say um a lot more than him, and instead of saying um, he stutters. But um, but but bu- bu- that's what he always like does before he starts. And, and and
0: also he edit his his podcast is edited very very tightly as well. So but he's maybe he's he's very articulate. So you're not gonna take, take off a, the um too.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna take that <laughs> away from it. But he um, does have editors. <laughs> so I assume you're talking about his book, The Moral Landscape, which I have not read by the way. <laughs> so I've I've uh, read that I've okay. read that I've read Letter to a Christian Nation and I've read End of Faith. I've read all these guys' books. Um okay. So he the problem that I have where he shoots himself in the foot and where Mm -hmm. I really, um, I really struggle with a lot of that type of thinking is that he's, he's the voice of reason. He's the voice of science, right? And this is what we're doing, which I think I'm actually more honest about than he is. Um, because he thinks that that's the direction that he's going and where he's leading everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's, he commits a fallacy and he, and he willingly commits a fallacy and he admits it in the moral landscape. Okay. What's he the fallacy? He basically, I'm not familiar. He, he basically starts off the book by saying, I'm going to commit a fallacy. And at that point it's like, okay, cool. Dr. Logic, what are you doing? So it's called, it's called the, like the is ought fallacy or the naturalistic fallacy mm-hmm. where just because something is the case doesn't mean it should be the case. Right. Um, so when we're talking about morality, we're talking about people. If, if, if they're, if it's not grounded in anything, if it's not grounded in religion, then it's an opinion. Um, but he really wants to tell people that they're wrong for being racist right and right. what what where what authority does he have to give that um he only comes from a perspective of kind of what what you're portraying that it's some evolutionary cycle where um we learn Mm-hmm. uh to preserve our own species and to preserve other people's species and to have these feelings but there's nothing about those that are inherently good or bad he's assigning them a value um so there is well, a fallacy no, is saying that just because it is doesn't mean it should be and so it's just it's like i hate cereal i've never finished Mm -hmm. a bowl of cereal in my life that's actually a fact um okay but i'll eat anything else i literally will eat anything else um i'm like a human garbage human garbage can but i've never understood why people would like float dried crusty old like corn and like wheat and milk and like let it get all soggy and nasty and then like eat it um well, but you don't from, let it
0: get soggy and nasty. That's the first. That's the first but, error. I mean, you shouldn't do
1: it in the first place. But, but, but that. Have is, you ever from had Captain a, Crunch, from, man? From from, from <laughs> it, I, dude, I've tried. My parent, my parents gave me twenty dollars to eat a bowl of cereal when I was like seven years old. I couldn't do it. I literally couldn't finish. Oh, you're crazy, Captain. There was a Crunch point is, in time where oh. I thought I was really cool because I would like sneak my hand in like a cereal box in the cupboard and like eat a few. But I was uh-huh. just lying to myself. I was faking it, just like Sam Harris. Um, like I was pretending I was like down with the cereal. Um, anyway, uh, he's uh, the, the, re- but the reason that I bring that up mm-hmm. is that, uh, being a racist is like not liking cereal because they're just both opinions in, in the agnostic universe. They're the same thing. There's nothing but, better or worse,
0: but they're not though. And and I think they're not because of the consequences involved are not, Merely consequences uh, of it. the consequences involved with not with hating cereal and being racist are not simply your own personal discomfort or pleasure like being but that's racist a, or being but that's selfish, a Different
1: that's a different objection because it's saying that we care about the consequences as opposed to the value of human well, life Right. Well
0: we, we do it. We should con- care.
1: We should care about people of other races Because we care about people of other races because we care about all people not because it's going to affect us differently or affect but that, people differently, but that is
0: the, but that is the root of everything that we do as um, conscious beings is to as 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 conscious beings who want to procreate and pass our DNA along. The ground floor of everything we do serves the purpose of passing our genes on and survival of the species and the flourishing of conscious beings. So, and are, are you that-
1: only? But but you should. This and not to get too personal, but um, no problem. But it'll be you can give me the same challenge. But are you only nice to Julie so that you can procreate? And And how would she feel about that? No, you're nice to her because you love her because of who she is, not because of the consequences. But the ground, but the ground floor of
0: why even relationship patterns exist, and why in culture why we even pair off, and why we even date, and why we even have partners is the whole reason that all that, those systems and courting and, and uh, what's the other word, chivalry and all that exists, <laughs> is for the purpose of preserving the species. It's just a manifestation. This is the best way we've figured out how to do that.
1: Maybe. No, it, it is, though. But that's a value judgment to say that that's why we do it. That, but that, that is why we do it, though.
0: We wow. we 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 pair off with mates to to fulfill our uh, you know our biological need to pass on our DNA. Whether it it leads to procreation or not, I think we've transcended that. But I think the ground floor is uh, the the reason why we have the urge to partner off with people, whether they're of the same gender, different gender, and everything in between. The reason we do that. Is to fulfill the act of passing our DNA on and, pro- and propagating the, the species.
1: Which um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bracket this off and and I've learned this term just to say mm-hmm. it now so that people don't get mad at me. I'm gonna call myself the devil's advocate before I say this just because mm-hmm. it's I'm floating it. Um, but why are we so good at like birth control? Why did Why did we naturally select? People that love birth control and like abortion and are gay what do you mean we, we, I don't think we what, what why do you is mean that, by that why is why is that like a mark of advanced civilization is actually not procreating like if you think about the most advanced civilizations they're the ones that are the worst at procreating well, how, come, think- how come we didn't naturally select the people that are having ten children well, that's just a, that's just a topic of discussion devil's well, advocate yeah nobody no, no, I, nobody find question. me nobody find me and send me a bomb no one's um, going to do that i think the <laughs> i think the answer to that
0: question is it's the mark of an of an advanced civilization to have uh as complete control over your biological imperatives as possible so it's not it's not just in that and that's why do what we keep drinking us, that,
1: coffee and shitting every morning then you said what why do we keep drinking coffee and shitting our pants every morning because
0: we like to do that and we and so that's that's the real mark of, of, an, of an advanced situ of advanced civilization is to understand our bi- biological imperatives so well that we can pick and choose when we want to obey them or not that's the ultimate mark of like. Being advanced, like we're no longer slave to our imbi- in our in our biological imperatives, we now command them that like what as a as a biological but, based- but
1: isn't that but isn't that a biological imperative as well what do you mean like how are you how are you rising above your own personality, your own brain structure? you chose this personality you get to choose to do things different than the way that you actually are, yeah. The the whole point
0: is we are the the one species as far as we know that has the ability to look at say okay my instinct is to do this and I can choose whether or not I'm going to do that or
1: do something else. Like that sounds da- more religious than scientific How? to me. How? Because you're big on free will and you're talking about the fact that we're like above and beyond other other creatures and we make decisions. Um, is it aren't aren't the decisions that you make not mm-hmm. your own? Right? Like right. Like, the the reason that i i love dark chocolate i didn't make a decision to like dark chocolate I, my taste buds right. liked it and neurons lit up um in the same way that you don't choose who you love sure. um we we think we think we want to or we make our own decisions but but uh, science probably tells us that we don't right
0: sure i'm not i'm not saying that i'm not arguing for uh I don't think what makes the mark of, a, of an advanced civilization is having free will to do whatever free of, you know, the environmental and scientific factors that govern everything else. What I'm saying, what like the, the laws of physics, what I'm saying is within the construct of the laws of physics that govern everything, we are the only species that um, can that has the that has the conscious experience enough that is conscious enough of our own experience that's the best way to put it that we're conscious enough of our own experience whether we're controlling it or not to understand that we're having a conscious experience that we can therefore have the illusion of manipulation of that i know that's like convoluted but like dogs dogs and cats and cats have instincts and they just act on them we have a conscious experience of our instincts, so we can look at our instincts obje- uh, objectively it's like and a say, "Like a movie,
1: though, maybe."
0: Yeah, like a movie. <clears throat> but we're we're the only creatures that are aware that there's a movie happening. But is that
1: interesting? And- what what moral implications does that have? The fact that we're passively viewing our own instincts because we because we ha- we're not
0: passively viewing our own instincts. We are um, viewing our own instincts, and that I think that that process of of examining your own instincts and thoughts and things like that help to deepen and um, help deepen the well of instincts and thoughts to pull from in future instances. So everything that we observe, you know, everything that you've observed before this moment in history and in time is now informing decisions that you will be subject to later in life. And the more we experience and the more we observe these things as they happen the deeper we we the more the deeper we make our well of experience to inform what decisions we're more likely to make in the future so if you if you've if you've experienced you know stubbing your toe uh uh on if you heard your pop tarts pop up from the the toaster and you ran so fast that you stubbed your toe on the corner going there that doesn't mean that your instinct for Pop Tarts is not going to exist in the future. It still will. But because you've experienced stubbing your toe, now you'll have just a little bit more. Uh, but isn't that Pavlov's how- dog? Isn't that do Pavlov's mean? dog? Do you,
1: All right, you teach man. your dog like that, dude.
0: No, you, you, know, you, twist, you twist in my arm.
1: <laughs> that's but the I'm, same way. That's just a that surfing exam- Same thing. <laughs> It if, is. If, but, if we're gonna but be scientists, a, let's be scientists.
0: That's just a surface example of the things that go on in, in our deepest understandings of conscious experience. That was just a surface example, but it has yeah. everything. You know, you get what you get. The point I'm making.
1: Let's 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 move to the the moral argument that we only barely touched on. But okay, I um I think the so I think I think there are very good logical um reasons for believing in God than I think there are moral reasons and then i also think that there are so this is like i don't even know what you call it i'll call it pascal's wager um and for those people that don't know pascal's wager let me just
0: let me just because i i feel like i feel like i feel like i know where you're going let me just say this where i and then this will help it like sort of paint the context of our conversation um so i would argue that um Sam Harris's let's just call it the Sam Harris theory about the 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 uh, the arising of moral uh, of a moral landscape out of you know biological imperatives I think that is serving the same function and they come and it's serving the same function that religion serves um, I think they they both arise out so morality of morality is just
1: serviceable. It doesn't have any real meaning other than how it serves us. No,
0: I think go I ahead. think <laughs> no, I think every system of morality that we generate has a meaning because we have generated it. I think Sam Harris's biggest argument right, so is that's not where that, I was going to go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on yeah, let me ahead. finish this thought. Go Sam ahead. Harris's argument is not that religion is so preposterous that how could you possibly believe in it. That's more Richard Dawkins. Sam Harris's main argument is that religion even though sometimes it's getting you to do good things it's getting you to do it for bad reasons and i think that's that's ultimately my 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 thing with like how we tend to look at religion is religion serves the purpose of giving us a framework for morality and some and a lot of good principles are baked into that but it also comes with a lot of bad ideas and bad incentives to get us to do what might otherwise be good things i think we're at a place as a species where we are we, well, can, so we can hold
1: on real quick what's an yeah. example of a bad what's a bad reason a um, bad incentive
0: uh so the uh let's just take um you know the 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 you know the 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 what's the you know one of the most foundational principles to christianity is is love your neighbor right Uh, you know, that, that whole idea. So you should love your neighbor. There are plenty of good reasons that are scientifically based to be good to your neighbor that don't require you to believe that if you don't do so, that God is upset with you and you could go to hell.
1: So two things. One, I completely Mm -hmm. agree. And this is one way where it, My own opinions creep into my classes, but I'll say, um, which I try to never do. I get accused of being a Christian. I get accused of being an atheist and I I take pride in that. Um, but I'll (laughs) say, uh, I, what I usually say is if you really want to be a Christian, stop believing in heaven. Um, yeah. Because you're doing it because it's real, not because you're going to get a reward. And I say God is not a businessman um, because basically the idea of going to heaven—and this is uh, so when I go to Pascal's wager can going to be totally different. The idea of going to heaven in Christian terms is somebody selling an iPhone down the street for an, for a dollar. Mm-hmm. You'd be an idiot if you didn't pay a dollar for that iPhone, which is basically right. like, oh, I'm going to go to church on Sundays and not cuss and not drink and whatever, um, right. and so I get to go to heaven. I get that iPhone, but it's infinitely greater. Um, but, uh, I completely agree in, 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 in that regard. And I think that any person who's honest about their faith would never say that that's the way it's supposed to work. Uh, the Catholic church would say that that's like totally wrong. Um, but you said something else. There was another thing. You made two points. I don't um, remember what the other point was. Yeah, something no, about same
0: Mary's. I- yeah, I think that he would say yeah, the 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 whole argument is that religion is is trying to provide a moral a moral framework just like the you know the you know the biological imperative argument is except religion tries to get you to do, you know, many good things but for bad reasons. And that that's the main argument of of why, you know, religion is no longer the best framework
1: for. Um, right. So let's get better. Get, get a, rid of the bad landscape. reasons. We'll get bad at the, Get a, get rid of the bad reasons. And we'll we'll just we'll just go back to, like, first temple Judaism in the mm-hmm. fact that, like, back then they didn't believe in the afterlife right. um, and they had a religion. So let's get rid of the afterlife. Um, And then we'll also remember that when Sam says that things are good or bad, he has no reason to say that they're good or bad um, because there's literally nothing dictating that other than, like, might makes right, right? Like, literally, dictatorship of, like, the majority of, uh, oh, I say it's wrong. You say it's right. Okay. Well, no, I think think there is an—see,
0: I I, I disagree with that premise that there is no— um, right. But, that, but that's where,
1: but that's where any kind of atheistic or agnostic worldview leads you is that nothing there, there is no value in anything, right? Like that's the big joke, right? That's the big joke is that there is no well, value other than what we assign it. And of, that's where I go. That's where I go with Pascal's wager is it's a variant. It's not really Pascal's wager, but well, that, like, well, that's, but like that's good luck, thing. good luck, good luck deciding that life doesn't matter. Like, Okay. I, well, that's I'll, th- I that's I'll do that I'll do that on my like deathbed after after I've un- after I've read every religious text and you know tried to become a ninja and done every you know done everything else then maybe I'll decide it doesn't matter but like uh, but uh, but I think that's I feel a, like that's a fallacy t- though I feel like it's throwing in the towel to no, something that doesn't is. lead anywhere where does it lead does I think lead? that's I think that's a fallacy I what? think
0: that you're right there's no inherent. It, there's no inherent meaning or value quote unquote to the universe or even existence uh the only value that there is to hu- let's just let's just only talk about human existence right now uh-huh. um there is no inherent value to human existence the only value that exists is the value that we all agree upon that is the most beautiful
1: notion but why do our I opinions think in keep the universe changing? you said what but why do our because, opinions keep changing? Because we've got to keep changing. Because we, and 100 because years from now, the, we're both going to be racist. We're both going to be big the, Because we have the power
0: now. to do so. That's the beauty of it, Drew. The beauty is the, the meaning and beauty so when, and, hold on, and hold all on. the profundity. When, when all someone stands up and meaning, says,
1: like, women, women have rights to their own bodies, and that's like, everybody's going to be so mad at me, but I don't even care because it's not even, I'm not giving any opinion here. How do we know that that's true? How do we go? How do we decide that women have rights to their own bodies? Where do we, where does that right come from? Who gives women the right to their bodies? We, well, at, at the bot at the ground
0: floor of it, it's something that we all just agree on. But it's based In on. In Pakistan, a... they don't. Of course. In Saudi Arabia, we're... they don't. Yes, the world hum- humanity. I would actually
1: argue that the vast majority of humans Don't believe that women's have the right to their own bodies in in the okay. western world We might believe that but not I don't think humans do and for the vast majority of history I don't think they but believe the, that either. but that's the
0: the the beauty and also like The beauty of it, but also the double-edged sword of it is is that we are free to assign Whatever meaning to existence that we want to ascribe that is both beautiful in its uh, in its freedom but it's also, you know, dangerous because, you know, meaningless. We, you know, humans have bad <laughs> ideas all the
1: time, you know. Two plus um, two equals five if I want it to. The whole, the whole point
0: of existence is to, like, I the best. I think the best um, metaphor to come out of uh, Christianity is the idea of eg- human existence as a narrative. It's a story being told. I think that's a that's a great way to put existence because there is no. There is no um, hu- human existence is is a continuum. It's a continuum. It's a it's a narrative that's constantly. That's being what my written. youth
1: pastor told me. Yeah, it's I, a, I it's was a, fortunate to have some pretty good youth pastors. I had one that yeah. told me basically that the Bible was the story of humans trying to make sense of their lives in relation to God. It,
0: it's I, I to think, tell that story. I, I think beyond the Bible, I think human existence as a, as just human existence is a story being told. And there's different chapters where, um, you know, we, we agreed that this was good and this was bad, but it's a journey towards finding, you know, the best possible, you know, combination of ideas and, and, and trying to figure out a way to but I
1: think we're playing softball here. Um, Like if, if we go back in time and we look at like the most important figures in Western history and we look at, you know, Plato and Socrates and Aristotle, they were all being molested by each other right okay yeah and and they wrote about it and in greek in greek society that was that was accepted it was called pederasty um Mm -hmm. and it was part of like being reared right yeah uh is this idea that like you had this teacher who was 40 years old and you were 13 and they were teaching you things and they were also molesting you um Mm -hmm. and and then we had things in the past like slavery right and we don't – and so I, I feel like where you're going is like, oh, yeah, we're on this, like, path where it changes and it's dangerous. And it's like, okay, well, society thought that was okay. Society thought that was okay. And who are we to condemn, like, anybody? What 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 standpoint do we have other than the majority? Let's take a vote and decide whether pederasty is wrong. Um, let's take a vote and decide whether slavery is wrong. And I don't think that we have any – anybody has any – like moral authority on that other than i guess the same harris argument which i I don't even know if this is it but i guess it's the way we're talking about it that um the way that the human consciousness evolves or develops at any given point in time um then this is able to decide or come to some kind of quorum on whether something is right or wrong um which i think is like is wild but uh and and it 's a dead end like i i don't believe i don't believe i mean you know where this comes from because we were talking remember we were talking about technology and i was saying i was super pessimistic mm-hmm. pessimistic in the same way um like that's it is it's like like i think that humans have this faith in themselves that we 're going somewhere um and i don't i i look at history because i 'm so i 'm so big into history and i, I don 't know where we 're going we 're always mad Every five years, we're mad, and when I say every five years, it's really every second we're mad about what's going on, and we're gonna sure. be mad. We're gonna keep be mad until we're all dead, and and I, global warming blows sure. up the whole world.
0: I think there's plenty. I think there's plenty of macro evidence with human society that it all comes down. Where we're going is, um, we are reconciling. We are we are on a path to reconciling what it means at the at the foundational level to be a conscious be creature in in the universe. And I think what what comes with a conscious experience is uh the first part of this is very evident. The what the first part of what comes with the conscious experience is understanding that the conscious experience is 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 the thing we want to hold on to most. That's why everyone fears death. It's not even that we fear the process of dying or fear not existing anymore. We fear the ending of our consciousness. That's why most people would rather be dead than be in a coma. We wanna have a conscious experience of life. That's what we thats what we cherish the most. That's why we have no problem taking people who are brain dead off of life support. It's why there's arguments over abortion. Uh, I think uh, arguments about abortion really are arguments about consciousness. Um, I think we 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 cherish conscious experience as individuals and I think the other side of the coin as a conscious creature is understand is is narrative is empathy that comes out of narrative because we are the only creatures as as, as we can as far as we can tell that can tell ourselves stories and so because I can tell myself a story I can ima- I can tell myself the story of Drew because I know the story of Asan I know that the story of Asan includes a creature that there's something that it is like to be there's something that it is like to be a son there's an experience there therefore i can map that experience onto you and say well there must be an experience to be drew and if i want to hold on to my experience with every freaking thing that's in me i can it's fair to assume that you want the same and so we have a then a out of that arises a moral obligation to not only protect our own conscious experience, but to preserve the conscious experience, and if we want to take it a step further, to, um, to, uh, to promote the conscious experience and the conscious flourishing of other conscious beings. It's, 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 an, it's a morality, it's a moral imperative that arises out of simply having a conscious experience that's why we understand murder to be wrong but no one thinks it's wrong when a dog kills a uh, when a cat kills a mouse because we've intuited that there's not really a conscious experience there so they're just behaving on instinct they can't tell each other the narrative of what it's like my cat can't can't tell itself what it's like to be a mouse it doesn't have that capacity we're the only creatures apparently that have that capacity so it is our moral imperative that arises out of that to want to preserve the conscious experience of not only ourselves but The people that really if you want to get all Buddhist about it there is nothing if you really want to get down to it there is no difference between me and you we are both what's the difference between
1: me and you you. exactly
0: we are both (laughs) beings having a conscious experience so if I'm if I'm if I want to preserve my conscious experience it's my obligation to want to preserve yours as well
1: maybe Um, I uh, the only reason I would disagree with you is because I don't actually relate to that uh, I'm not afraid of death in terms of my life ending at all. Um, I'm just afraid of not accomplishing the things I want to accomplish. Why? Why does that like matter? I, I just got a checklist and I want to finish those. And but it's you, the but same way. Like I, I'm do you know ready to what the go to sleep. Floor at the of end that. Of the day.
0: You know what the ground floor of that desire is? What your conscious experience of achieving those things.
1: But I don't want to live forever.
0: It's not That's about the, living. It's not about living forever, though. But it's I feel about, like that's
1: it's about... You're no, talking about preserving consciousness.
0: No, it's not preserving. Maybe preserving is the wrong word. I mean preserving in the face of death. What I mean by preserving is there. we want to have the fullest... Um, conscious experience that we can we have an innate understanding that life is not forever and we're actually okay with that i think most people as human beings we're okay with life not going on forever most people don't want to live forever but while we're here we have this innate understanding that with the time that we do have we want to make the most of our conscious experience that doesn't mean i want to live perfectly and only do things the quote unquote right way you know that's why we eat food that's bad for us that's why we you know, that's why we um, do drugs. It's why we drink alcohol. It's because it's yeah. not about. Yeah. It's not about laugh. It's not about living forever, but it's about just living. Just so, just so your fully. listeners know, we started at 4:20. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that's that's what it's about. Is under, and that's why that's why a child dying, is so tragic to human beings. Because not because like, you know, some arbitrary everyone has to live 80 years. Everyone has to live 100 years. It's not that. We just know from history that. Most people live eighty years, and there's a lot of conscious experience you can have in that point, so to end a life without having as much of a conscious experience or as much of an opportunity at a conscious experience as possible that's tragic to us I guess no i, I mean know. i th- I think that's what it is man and 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 here's where I'll turn the corner and make this about religion so. You, a Give me, moment bring, ago. A word, bring the word, yeah, brother. I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to <laughs> take it to Calvary right now. No, but um, earlier you said, well, I'm going to take a sip of water. Earlier you said, um, if you really want to be a, someone said to you, if you really want to be a Christian, you have to um, stop believing in hell, right? No, I
1: say that. You say that. I made that, that one up. That's trademarked.
0: What I I would say, and what I have said to Brandon on episodes before, I think, I don't know if I've ever said it in this exact wording, because this wording is coming from what you said, but I would take you a step further and say, if you really want to be a Christian, you have to stop believing in God. And here's what I mean by that. Most... Modern teachings of what God is is God is a is a being that's kind of that's like a man and referred to as a man. God has human feelings and emotions, he's jealous, uh he cares
1: all right i'm gonna i'm gonna let you finish hold on let me finish had one of the best albums all right go (laughs) ahead listen so god is
0: this being who has a who also has a conscious experience of of your life and everyone else's life and has a conscious experience of the universe that's outside of time and space and is the author of everything and is is a being right i think that is one of the most single most destructive ideas to modern christianity all right get rid of that do you feel better Totally, I think. I think the the thing that's well, holding- can you just
1: believe in a god that doesn't do
0: those things? You said, uh, well, I don't think you can. I think the even the idea of believing in God as a being that you refer to as God, a being, I think is is a destructive
1: idea. Because the Catholic Church is pretty explicit about this: that God is not a man; God doesn't have a body. Like all all well, of these all these, all talking, these like I'm really, all these really generic all these really generic objections like oh I don't believe in like the dad up in the sky it's like okay well the catholic church literally the catechism of the catholic church says like god is not a dude up in the sky pope john paul passed down from st peter so, so god let is me not ask you what so what
0: yeah. does the catholic church say that god is and I'll tell you if they're if they're on target or not
1: I mean we'll have to we'll have to recant Aquinas is Summa Theologica. It's a thousand pages, but, but he's formless. He's na- like nameless. He's, he's not, he's not any kind of like thing. He's, I, I think it's, that's personal. It's, pers- it's uh, we, what we need to do is get my, uh, my, 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 uh, brother who's a professor at, a at, a Victorville college. Who's the, who's the iron fist of Catholicism. And all he does is post really nerdy memes on Facebook, making mm-hmm. fun of these thoughts because mm-hmm. he's Catholic, um, mm-hmm. personalist theism, The idea that god is like some kind of dude and has emotions like us is like mockable from a catholic perspective i
0: I would i would take you a step further i think the very act of even saying the word god in reference to anything even a higher power is is metaphorical like we're to say god is is to speak catholic church would say that too yeah, but mo- <laughs> most modern Christians are not going to go with that idea. I think the name of I think, I think God most, is most a,
1: American evangelicals. The, the circle sure. we got were brought up in would have big problems with that. But I think lots of theologians would assert everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, People I that think believe in God.
0: Yeah, so more where I, I, my leanings are, uh, God is the name given to everything that I have just talked about for the last five minutes god is the name given to that moral imperative that arises out of having a conscious experience of the universe
1: so there's the... this let me see if you like this better that sorry i just burped you're gonna have to ed- edit that out um no it's there's okay. a uh there's something called apophatic theology apophatic um, apophatic yeah with a ph um uh-huh which is more of a tradition in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Um, But it's basically the idea of not ascribing things to God, Mm -hmm. only ascribing things that God is not. Um, So you can think Mm -hmm. of this almost like like one of those art things where you like scratch it off, whatever that's called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, like scratch and sniff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you have to, but, but you like you have to chew a noun later that's a different flavor than what you're sniffing, and then like figure out which one it is. I or know, if I know what you're talking about. Um, but the idea is that you're like you're revealing an idea of who God might be or who God is by ascribing or by not ascribing things to God, but to things that God is not. Um, which I think there is a whole. There's a whole realm of that. There's a whole. There are the, there are theologies that 100% assert a lot of the things you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, and I think could answer all these questions. The only thing that the only reason that I say that is not because, um, uh, not because you're you're someone who needs it, but I think a lot of people um, have objections, and then there are answers to the objections. So there are there are belief systems that that incorporate these kinds of things where absolutely like I, I believe in God and I agree with everything you just said. The right. the idea of ascribing things to God um other than like God is love or something. Uh because well, because I think that God uh, God has to be like I think God's number one function Is is a moral thing because because I because I believe I believe that human lives matter and the only reason that human lives matter is if if the cosmos or God Mm. says that human lives matter not not somebody's opinion like whether they like cereal or flaming hot Cheetos Um, right I uh, love flaming Cheetos and I hate cereal. Uh, right. and, and, and I, I, the, the emotions that I feel for other people in terms of me caring about them should mm-hmm. be more than neurons firing, should be more than chemicals in my brain. Um, if they are, then I might as well be dead. That's kind of, that's really extreme, but that's kind of the way I look at the world in the, in the, and this is reflects on like my variant of Pascal's wager, which is not really Pascal's wager, well, I but think like that's good a luck redu- with that is the I way that I look at well, it. Well, I think that's a bit reductive. Uh, I think it starts, Which, but th- but that's that's
0: the Sam Harris way of looking no, at not, the universe. It's not though. I think that's where the Sam Harris model starts, but I don't think it ends there. It starts because if you don't have the neurons firing and you don't have synapses firing and stuff like that, you can't have a conscious experience. So it has to start with physical, with the physical. It has to start there because if there is no, if the light is not on, if the lights are not on, you know, sort of. I don't speak, care if the lights are on or not. <laughs> no, but you. As long as your lights are on, you, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, if there are no lights on, if there if there is no brain function, then there is nothing else. That that's not to say it's only brain function. Brain function, and I don't think Sam Harris, especially Sam Harris, as somebody who um, is someone who studies, you know, meditation and 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 you know metaphysical practices with with uh, psychedelics and things like that. Like he's open to the it, it's it's he's open to the idea that it's more than just our biology but it arises first from our biology there there is no, yeah, there his, is no hip, consci- his
1: hippie stuff is where he loses me well mm-hmm. one way place he really loses me because i don't really care that much about consciousness uh but i actually I, find that I a think, lot less interesting than he does um, yeah, I think i think because but, he thinks that's where he's gonna find his salvation which is the part where i'm like lost it's like but I'm not I drew- I'm not interested in meditation so so he he talks about how he like be, oh yeah w- when you meditate a bunch it's gonna like change your mind and it's like okay whatever like okay you do some brain scans and like my brain's gonna be different what's the selling point there is that that's interesting to me what I, he, maybe he's a bad salesperson but I don't know I don't know what's interesting about the idea that like my brain's gonna change but I don't know I, I really, I, I, I he, yeah. he hasn't sold me on why that's like, like, I think a lot of people are interested in like meditation, uh, because they think they're going to like find some deeper meaning and maybe you will, maybe you won't. And then he provides weird evidence where like, you know, there are studies done on like monks who meditate for 20 years. And then they're like, if you scan their brain, they, they're focusing on a pinpoint and you can't. And I'm like, do I want that? Is that I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm not convinced that it's like interesting or, I don't know.
0: Well, if you, if you accept the idea that consciousness is, is the ground floor of our experience as human beings, then consciousness is everything. Consciousness is paramount. And so it, it, you know, just like if I, if I'm going to play, if I'm going to be a track, if I'm going to run track, right. Uh, If I, it, it may not seem intuitive. But if I'm going to run track, I need to lift weights and I need to lift weights with my legs. I need to do squats, I need to do leg curls, I need to do all of those things because it may not seem intuitive because you're like, well, if you're going to run track, you need to run. Well, actually, you need to strengthen, you need to focus on the muscles that are working when you run individually, strengthen those muscles, and then it will manifest itself as faster running. I think meditation is the same way with consciousness. If you are spending time isolating your different elements of your thought patterns and Instincts and things like that, the more you're aware of those things and the more you focus on things on those things, the richer your um, uh, overall uh, conscious experience becomes because you're more aware of the experience that you're having and you're more in control of the experience you're having because you're not slave to any one particular experience emotion or instinct that you're feeling at the time because you're used to at this point if after you've been meditating for a long time you're used to thoughts arising and you being able to observe those thoughts as you're having them so now if you're in a situation if someone cuts me off on the freeway right now as someone who doesn't pay any attention to mindfulness I'm just gonna get mad and it's gonna and it's just gonna take me to that place where I'm just mad and Maybe I'm just, I'm just probably-
1: naturally mindful because I'm Maybe. the most patient like I don't get mad. I, maybe, maybe but, it's, I think some but, people
0: are, I think some people are more prone I think to
1: mindfulness than others. For sure. I think you're making me realize something. Um, what it is, is that I, so one of the best feelings in the world is like absolutely puring a two iron, um, like a blade two iron off the grass. Like it's a really great feeling. Um, And my consciousness tells me that I really enjoy that. And so I'm pursuing Mm -hmm. that thing. Like I would like to keep doing that thing, Um, which makes me think that what you're interested in, what Sam Harris are interested in is changing the way that your brain views those things as opposed to allowing your brain to then experience those things. Because I'm after, I know what I want. I'm just going to go get it as opposed to changing me.
0: Well, see, I think, I think, I would, I would, I would nudge you in this direction. You said your consciousness is telling you that you enjoyed, um, you know, hitting the golf ball. No, no, I no. Think-
1: Puring a two iron. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta puring, get the terminal
0: P U R. Yeah, P U R. Puring a two iron. Yeah, I think puring. so. You're, you're so, as- pure, dude, so you're right you're on as- the nuts. You're ascribing the euphoria that you feel from puring a two iron <laughs> to your consciousness. I would say that that's wrong. I would say that the euphoria you're experiencing is coming from your brain and your body. Uh, It's like a biochemical response. Uh, It's like a reward. So why don't why don't
1: I just indulge myself in that as opposed to changing what I want? You said what? Why don't I just indulge the puring of a two iron instead of like making myself okay with thoughts and then like just being myself or something or whatever whatever the pitch is from Sam Harris that like.
0: Well, the the pitch the pitch is your consciousness is 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 the part of you that observes the fact that that euphoria that you're feeling is from that particular act not the feeling itself there's a there's a nuanced distinction there but there is a distinction your ability to understand that like the the what i'm feeling right now is from that thing that is your conscious experience not the feeling itself and that's what separates us from animals 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 can't make that distinction like they They remember you know they'll they'll know instinctually that I should eat because that's it feels good when I eat, but to know'- because the difference is now you can imagine so where consciousness comes in, the thing that separates conscious experience of a of a stimulus from like an extin- an instinctual experience of a stimulus is you know that there's something about puring a two iron that makes you feel good. Because you have now a consciousness. Now you're
1: getting it. Now you're getting
0: it. <laughs> because you have a consciousness, though, you can say, Oh, if it feels good for me to do that, you can analyze it and say, What are the things about puring a t two-, two iron that I really love? And you can tell yourself the narrative, oh, it's the control, it's the um the you know, the um the it's discipline, the sound, it's, the, it's feel, the sound, it's
1: the lights, it's
0: the it's the lights, it's the, the, sirens, sirens. It's the it's fog the, machine. <laughs> it's the discipline that it took to become yeah. as good as you are, all those things, and you can tell that narrative and ascribe it to other parts of your life. Cats can't do that. or dogs can't do that. What dogs when they hump it feels good that's all they know so they what do they do whenever they see anything that looks humpable they hump it they can't <laughs> say you know what i like about humping is the is the freedom uh, is the freedom and the the control and you know what i may be able to get that from this other no kind disappoint. of actor this other situation you know what i mean there's no was, that, so that is the con- that's the beauty of a conscious experience is that You're not just slave to the euphoria that you feel from from puring the two iron You can master that whatever it is that makes that feel good and find it in other places when you can't be playing golf And that's the beauty of being conscious of the experience And I think this is a good place to stop for today. I definitely want to continue the conversation Can we just wrap
1: up with one more thing as as to end on a light note? Sure. Um, i just i mean i thought you know that, i thought
0: that i thought dogs. dogs humping things was a pretty cool right we're gonna, we're, gonna take it even, <laughs> we're gonna take it
1: even lighter, <laughs> and and say that uh just so you know and i don't care if anybody else cares but golf has this whole world of terminology that's like fairly reminiscent of like mm-hmm. skateboard terminology so that's when cool. you hit a good when you hit a good shot it's pured it's nutted it's piped it's uh-huh. pumped it's squished it's all all sex (laughs) oh that oh no literally like like my buddy always says he's like oh i squished that one like you smush it you do like all kinds of bizarre terms for when you when you hit a good shot um i I usually pipe it or nut it
0: (laughs) that's good to know
1: (laughs) or i hit it right on the screws all right dude
0: Dude, sounds good. Uh, let's 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 do part 2 um, soon we'll get that up. Um, don't don't forget where we stopped. We'll, All right, we'll, next we'll... time
1: you come up the questions. <laughs> All right. All right, Drew. Um, yeah, where
0: can people find you online? Uh
1: well, wwjd.org um <laughs> okay. or or the org. It's another good one. You can find me there or betterbuild.io if you need a website. betterbuild.io um, at your at your church great and you can find me uh on social media <laughs> at
0: Asan the dj that's at a-h-s-o-h-n the dj or at my website at asan.com you can find episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com and weekly regular on social media drew thank you so much and we will see you next week